Thank you, Brother Logan. A blessing to be here tonight in the service. I appreciate that it's already been done. The songs tonight, prayers, and appreciate that Brother Logan uh, was saying tonight. I thought he already had a pretty good start. He ought to just go ahead. Amen. Uh, but I appreciate that very much. And we're glad to see you, whoever you are and wherever you're from tonight. And I do need your prayers. John chapter 7, verse 37 the Bible said Jesus, uh, in that last day, the great day of the feast, uh, he stood and cried. Now that last day of the feast, or great day of the feast, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And there were three times in the year that the male members of the children of Israel were required to appear before the Lord. And one of those was the Feast of Tabernacles. The other two, of course, was the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Tabernacles was the last of those three feasts that the men were required to come. Now, there were other feasts that they had. I think there's a total of seven if you add them all together. But those was the three that all the male members were required to come and to appear before the Lord. And so it is at this Feast of Tabernacles that the Lord Jesus makes a declaration to the crowd or to the congregation or to the number of people that no doubt have gathered there at Jerusalem. Now this Feast of Tabernacles is also called the Feast of Ingathering. What it was is when the harvest was over. It was normally last of September and middle of October somewhere along in that line. It is when the final harvest had been gathered. You remember Pentecost was when they gave the first fruits of the harvest. That that began to come in first. They gave it as a wave offering to the Lord and saying thank you uh, for these first fruits and will you bless the rest of the harvest. Now the harvest has come. They've been gathered it. They have gathered it in and so they are thanking the Lord for his blessings and his bounty uh, of giving them this harvest. But it's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. For though it was uh, a feast of ingathering, that is, bringing the final fruits in before the Lord and being thankful unto him, it was also the Feast of Tabernacles. For the Lord wanted them, and they did, if they kept the feast correctly, came out of their home, and for the next eight days, they dwelt in booths, our tents, our tabernacles. Amen. Uh, somewhere around uh, the temple, somewhere on the rooftop, somewhere where they would dwell. And that was reminding them that they dwelt in booths, our tents, when they were going through the wilderness after God brought them out of Egypt. In other words, while they were rejoicing and being thankful for the blessings and the bounty that the Lord had given them, he wanted them to also be reminded of where he brought them from. For it is not our burdens that take us under, it is our blessings. And he did not want them lifted up and thinking they had done it, they had accomplished it, they, my friend, had somehow 
my friend, that brought in this bounty, amen, for from the very first when he brought them into Canaan, or told them they were going to Canaan, he said, you'll drink out of wells you have not dug, you'll eat of vineyards that you have not planted. And so he reminded them of the servants, of the slaves that they were in Egypt, and that great and terrible wilderness, and now they were being thankful, amen, and uh, my friend, not only for the blessings and the bounty, but being thankful that he did it and not them, amen. And so it is that last day, that great day of the Feast of Tabernacles, that Jesus, my friend, stands and cries. Now, there are different, uh, those that write about the feast that, that tell us the history of the feast write differently and somewhat about why it is the last day was called the great day. But here's some ideas I want to pass along to you that I've read uh, tonight. But uh, the great day of the feast, of course, being the last day, it was a solemn day, but so was the first day. So it couldn't just be that. But it was because on that last day, my friend, they made a sacrifice or an offering solely for the nation of Israel. The other seven days, when they started out on the first day, my friend, with a great number of sacrifices, and down through this last day, the sacrifice number decreased, and someone uh, rightly pointed out that what they were doing uh, in those other days is they were offering sacrifice for all the nations that were, my friend, uh, comprised in the world at that time. Seventy nations. And on this last day, they simply offered one offering, my friend, for the nation of Israel. So they felt like that was the great day because it was offered for them and not for the other nations. Of course, my friend, that would stand to, uh, uh, my friend, be right, them offering for other nations, my friend, because it was God that chose out this nation. It was God that chose out this people. Amen. And then to them, he gave the lively oracles. To them, he gave the priesthood. Amen. To them, my friend, he separated from all other people on the face of the earth. And it, it would be logical or understandable that if there was a sacrifice made, that they would have to go through the people that God had separated and my friend called apart, amen, and uh, uh, put aside uh, for uh, his honor and for his glory, amen. Really, if you were going to get to God in that day at all, you had to go through, my friend, the priesthood office that God had established. My friend, the Levitical priesthood and the Aaronic priesthood, my friend, was established. And so here they are. Then it was called the great day because on that day they had a ceremony that was different than the other days. On that last day, the high priest would go down to the pool of Siloam and take a golden vessel and fill it with water and come back, uh, my friend, to the altar there in the temple and pour out that water before the Lord on the, uh, supposedly those that wrote about it, the morning sacrifice. You know, there was an evening and a morning sacrifice. 
and he would pour that water out upon that sacrifice. Some say that he literally did it or made a trip around that altar eight times on that particular day. So that is possible that it was called the great day. Amen. And not only did he make that trip, but the people went with him. And they would, my friend, sing or pray or rehearse my friend, Psalms 118, verse 25, while he was going down there getting the water, bringing it back, and poured it out upon the sacrifice which was on the altar. And he would say, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. This is what they were doing as the priest was carrying that out. Matter of fact, my friend, some have wrote that my friend uh, uh, that have examined and studied and been passed down to them the Jewish history about the feast. I bet uh, not only did they, uh, my friend, repeat that Psalms 118 verse 25, but they came to, as the water was being poured out on the altar, they would say, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And when the, they would, he would pour that water Upon the sacrifice, the priests would blow with their trumpets and the people would rejoice, would rejoice. I read more than one uh, uh, person that commented on it and said uh, uh, that a lot of the old Jewish writers would say that they never had seen rejoicing like was on this time, amen? This time. Now, can I say this? Uh, just passing tonight, uh, uh, can I say this? Uh, some think, and, and possibly so, uh, my friend, uh, that the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, prophetically or symbolically, is that that is to come. Amen? And surely there is going to be a time of rejoicing, like has never been for the people of God and the saints of God. But here they were keeping the ceremony keeping the feast. And Jesus is standing there, I think, in the court of the treasury, which is the wide open court, is where everybody can come. And he's watching them as that priest goes down and gets that water and brings it back and pours it out. He's hearing the people as they uh, quote or sing Psalms 118 verse 25. He's hearing as they quote and my friend uh, uh, Isaiah 12 and verse 3. And he, he knows that. But it's all a ceremony. Now they are rejoicing. The priests are rejoicing when the trumpets are saying, I'm making a sound. But I tell you, when the trumpets stop, when the water runs out on the sacrifice and it's consumed in the fire and the people will turn around and walk out and I think of that temple area and I think and walk back to the house, there is no joy. There is nothing. They left it all at the ceremony. Jesus knows that as they're proceeding and going through that ritual. I wonder how many go through the ritual of service. Amen. Sunday in, Sunday out. Amen. Special meetings in, special meetings out. And the folks are faithful to come in. And you know what? Sometimes there might be I might feel a smile or even a hand wave or a hearty amen 
when uh, things, you know, sort of, I began to get stirred a little bit and somebody I rejoices or the preacher lifts his voice or the singer sings something that uh, strikes something a chord in our heart. Uh, there might be someone that uh, my friend might uh, uh, get a little happy about that. But oh, uh, I wonder when it's all said and done and the service is passed and back down out of the house they go. I wonder, is there anything then? Amen. With a joy, we shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. They weren't drawing waters out of the well of salvation. They were not being delivered. They were not being forgiven of their sin. They were looking for a future day. They were going through a ritual and a routine looking for something to come. Amen. Oh my. And Jesus knew that. Amen. And he stood it as long as he could. Amen. Thank God. And watching them and knowing how they felt. Thank God. And as they poured that water out and the trumpet sounded and finally ended, thank God, uh, am I feeling him about to be dismissed? I see him standing somewhere over there in the corner of the treasury and he says, stands up and says, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Amen. For he that believeth on me, thank God it is written out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. That that you're looking for, that Holy Spirit by the water you're pouring out that you're desiring to come and satisfy your thirst, I have it for you. Amen. John just baptized you with water under repentance but John said he that cometh after me who's mightier than I thank God he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with the fire Jesus said if any man thirst thank God have been come to me that is receive me look unto me I quit going through the ceremony and the ritual amen thank God I quit looking for that that's going to come and realize the Messiah is here, the Christ is here, hey God, the one you need is here, and if you believe on me, out of your belly can flow rivers of living water. In other words, your thirst can be satisfied. Amen. A fellow by the name of A.H. Monument wrote, when that word thirst means the deepest needs of the soul, the innermost desires of mankind. And Jesus said, if you'll come to me, amen. Oh, don't go back down to that pool. Don't follow that high priest again. But if you'll come to me, don't go through the ritual and the ceremony again, amen. But come to me. Put your faith in me. Believe on me. Receive me. Commit yourself to me. Then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We know he's not talking literally there, but he simply means out of your innermost being. Thank God, out of that part of you, my friend, that only you know about, he said from your innermost, thank God, a being shall flow rivers of living water. Satisfaction for the thirst that you have. Satisfaction for the deep need in your soul. Satisfaction for the innermost desire that you have in your life. Amen. The scripture explains to us there in verse 39 of chapter 7 that Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit
Spirit. It had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Amen. Bless his name. But we know he was glorified upon the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That Spirit of God came. Amen. Amen. Oh, the Spirit of God had been here before that, but not as the baptizer, and not as the comforter, and not as the teacher, not as the reprover, amen, not in his work, my friend, as that part of the Godhead, as we preached last night, that came to make up a bride for Christ, amen. Oh my, but Jesus must have been glorified, amen. Oh my, or the Spirit would not have come. Amen. By the way, he's been here ever since, amen. Somebody said we need a Pentecost experience. Can't have one. He come, thank God, uh, that like that, and you could not have another Pentecostal experience. Oh, thank God, he does. Uh, my friend, immerse or baptize uh, the believer into the body of Christ. He does. I feel the believer at uh, salvation, but oh, uh, I'm no need trying to search and hunt and drag up another Pentecostal experience, amen. And thank God and I believe he will be here until he that letteth I'm not saying let till he be taken out of the way I believe he'll be here in that form thank God oh my bless his name and Jesus said if you thirst if any man he made that declaration I can hear him crying that over of that crowd that day am I can I say it wasn't just for that crowd can I say the declaration is for us tonight. I don't know who's here and who's not here. I don't know your innermost being tonight. I, I, oh, well, thank God. I might could see and you might could see uh, the ritual and the ceremony uh, uh, that we would go through, the performance uh, uh, that we might give. Uh, but I wonder, are you thirsty on the inside? Uh, I wonder, is there uh, a deep needs and innermost desires uh, uh, in you that just going to church? has not satisfied well he said come to me if any man thirst let him come to me thank God and he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water amen amen oh my it satisfies the thirst the Bible tells us that when Jesus made that declaration that many of the people that heard him said of a truth, this is the prophet. Amen. And what they were referring to was what Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 18 when he said to the children of Israel, uh, the Lord said, I will raise them up a prophet, capital P, not a little P, capital P, from among them, uh, my friend, henceforth like unto thee, amen, and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I command he. God at sundry times and in diverse manners speaking time past to our fathers by the prophets but hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son amen this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased hear ye him 
He's God's prophet, not just a prophet. He's the prophet, amen? The prophet that Moses spoke about, amen? Uh, uh, Jesus gave the parable and said, uh, he sent the servants back uh, to the vineyard that belonged to him. Thank uh, God. And they mistreated him. They stoned him. Uh, they killed him. He said, surely they'll reverence my son, amen? Uh, but they took him and crucified him. But I say unto you, God sent forth his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to tell us what God wanted us to hear. He's that prophet. Then some in verse 41 said he's not just the prophet, he's the Christ. Amen. We heard what he said. He's the Christ. This is the Christ. That is Amen. This is the Messiah. This is the chosen one. This is the anointed one. This is the picked out one. This is the Christ. Amen. And then others said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Can't be possible. Can't be possible that he's the Christ. For surely Christ shall not come out of Galilee. The scripture says... He'll be of the seed of David and come out of the town of Bethlehem. And the Bible said, so there was a division, verse 43, among the people because of him. Some said he's a prophet. Some said he's a Christ. Others said, amen, can't be the Christ. He didn't come from Bethlehem. He's not of the seed of David. He come out of Galilee. Can't be the Christ. So they're divided. By the way, amen, the, the crowd and the people are still divided over him tonight. Which side are you on? Now those that said he's from Galilee were partially correct. Thank God, amen. But they missed, amen, the fact that he was of the seed of David. On his mother's side, on his father's side, uh, his earthly father, uh, the lineage ran back to David. He was of the seed of David, uh, uh, my friend. Uh, and he was also from Bethlehem. Thank uh, God for it was that starlit night. Uh, in Bethlehem, our shepherds kept their flock by night. Uh, that The Virgin Mary gave birth uh, to the only begotten Son of God, uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost. They missed it, amen. Amen. Oh my. By the way, if you're not careful, if you just skim the scripture, if you just pass over that part you want to hear, you'll miss who he is tonight. Amen. Some people use the Bible to prove their points, to prove their doctrine. Some people use the Bible, thank God, so they can argue. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you the purpose of this Bible, thank God, is to reveal the author of this Bible, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. John said, What I wrote, I wrote that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Amen. Do you know those people, my friend, that would fight you over a King James Bible, but they don't know who the author of the Bible, the Word of God is? Amen. They have not come to Him. Amen. They've not skimmed deep enough. Amen. Thank God. They're just arguing religiously. They're just arguing for the sake of being right and making somebody else wrong. But the purpose of this book, amen, thank God, is to reveal Christ in us. Amen. And to us. Amen. So there's a division among the people. 
The Bible said in verse 44, some would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. And the reason no man laid hands on him is because of verse 30 of this same chapter. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Amen. He had an hour and he would not go to the cross until that hour had come. Amen. He did not come to this world until his time had come. When the fullness of time had come. Amen. When his hour had come, out of the go to the cross, he went to the cross. And can I say, when his hour is to come again, he'll be here. He'll not be a second late. He'll not be a minute late. Amen. All early, he'll be right on time. Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Amen. Amen. So they didn't lay their hands on him. They wanted, they wanted to, but they couldn't. As a matter of fact, it looks like the chief priests and Pharisees had charged the officers to bring him, to arrest him when they saw him. Amen. And so when the officer came in, they didn't have him. The, the uh, chief priest and the Pharisees said, why have you not brought him? And the officer said, never a man spake like this man. Amen. Never a man spake like this man. Why did never a man speak like this man? Because he's the prophet of God. He's the only begotten of the Father. Amen. Amen. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. He's the apostle of our profession, the one appointed by God to tell us what the Father wanted us to know. Amen. Oh my. Not only that, he's the word made flesh and he was full of grace and truth. Grace was poured in his lips according to Psalm 45 and verse number two. Amen. So when he spoke, it was only grace and truth. Luke chapter four, thank God when he began his earthly ministry, his public ministry, he read out of the book of Isaiah. This wasn't the first time he had read out of the book of Isaiah. But he read this time after he'd been baptized in Jordan, after he'd faced Satan in the wilderness, come back, my friend, had an advert and read out the prophet Isaiah and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And when he gave the book back to the priest, sat down, the Bible said their eyes were fastened on him and they marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man when he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. Never a man spake like this man when he said to the winds and waves that was boisterous and the disciples thought was going to sink their ship and he said, peace, be still. And they marveled and said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and waves obey him? Amen. Oh my, and can I say, am I fear never a man spake like this man when he stood? Am I fear unto that woman that had been taken in adultery? And when all her accusers walked away and he rose up, I God and said, Woman, where are those thine accusers? 
Doth no man condemn thee? She said, No man, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Never a man spake like this man. They had it right. And my friend, when they said that, of course, this made the Pharisees angry. And they said to that group of officers, Are you also deceived? Do you know of any of the, uh, of the officials or any, uh, my friend, of the Pharisees, the rulers of the Pharisees that have believed on him and those that have, those that's been deceived by him, they're cursed. Amen. They had it right backwards. Amen. They weren't cursed. They've been delivered from the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Amen? Oh my. But cursed is every man who continueth not in all things that are written therein in the law. And they hadn't continued in all those things. They had neglected. They had failed. But yet they thought the publicans, my friend, and the sinners, my friend, were the ones that were, my friend, the failures, that were the cursed people. Not only that, but can I say to you lastly tonight, when they said that to these officers, and when the people were divided over him, after Jesus made this declaration, a man by the name of Nicodemus stood up and said, does our law judge any man before it hear him or or understand or know what he doeth. Our law judges no man. You're so interested in keeping the law, but our law judges no man before it hear his testimony. And it will judge no man until it examines the works that he's done. And you've not heard what this man said, nor have you examined what he's done. You've already presupposed and prejudged and predetermined, amen, that he's guilty, that he's false, of my friend, that he's of the devil, amen, oh my. But he said, if you're going to go by the law, let's hear what he's got to say, and let's examine the works that he has done. And then the Pharisees turned on Nicodemus, and they said to him, art thou also of Galilee? Or the reason you're defending him is because He's one of your countrymen. Because y'all was raised in the same place. Had nothing to do with it, but that's what they were throwing. That's the accusation they were making. And he said, search and look. There's no prophet ever risen out of Galilee. Well, there was a lot of things that had never happened before when Jesus came. Of the virgin, a virgin had never given birth to a Amen. To a son without the aid of a man either. Amen. But what was in her, thank God, her womb was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This man was the only begotten son of God. Amen. Oh my. And so the Bible said they closed out that time of being there, the eighth days of the feast. And that last and great day, they closed it out. By every man went to his own house. But every man didn't go to his own house the same way. Some went believing he's the prophet. Some went believing he's the Christ. Amen. Some went believing it couldn't be him. He's a Galilean. He's from Galilee. Amen. Some went realizing nobody ever spoke to him like he had spoke to him. Amen. Some, my friend, 
went, oh, my friend, disputing his claims. And some like Nicodemus left defending his claim. Can I ask this tonight? Which way will you go home? When we at this meeting's dismissed, when the eight fire man is said, when we file up the door and get in our vehicles and head to where we're staying tonight, how will it be with you? Will you have that river of living water flowing through you tonight? Jesus said to the woman at the well, springing up and a well springing up into everlasting life. Or will you leave tonight? Amen. For him or against him. Will you leave believing on him or go back home tonight having went through another ceremony and another ritual? Oh my. Is it well with your soul tonight? Let's all stand across the building.